You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Well, happy 2022, Mike. Well, happy 2022 to you also. And I like the uh, uh, changes you made to our uh, theme song there. You know, I uh, was just playing around. I thought, hey, you know, that might sound kind of cool to add some things. And uh, if you recognize the one voice in there. Jamie Brucker. Yes. So I pulled that from episode 35. Okay. <laughs> it was in between one of your bad jokes and another bad joke. <laughs> um, so I captured it. Wait a minute. Bad jokes. What are you talking about? Um, this this bad joke was about um, why you don't brush your teeth alone. I Two, don't remember. <laughs> nine out of ten dentists don't say that. Uh, nine out of ten dentists agree that brushing your teeth alone does not prevent cavities. Oh, if I told it like that, I can understand why yeah, it, was it was a problem. Well, that's because yeah. But let, let's to... let's give credit to uh, Mark Johnson who actually wrote the uh, the theme the song. Theme song so. Yeah, thank you, Mark, very much. Thank you, thank you. Um, hey, um, just wanted to give a, a few things. So, Christmas trees. You know, a lot of people leave their Christmas trees up uh, through the new year, and uh, I know I took ours down on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, just because I knew we were going to be going back to work. But if you have a live tree, Mike, the holiday tree donation for the brush habitats going on right now at the Eco Center, Paradise Nature Center, and Headwaters Outdoor Education Center, um, you can take your old tree. Of, of course, it needs to be completely naked. No tinsel, no lights, nothing like that. Don't have it wrapped in plastic. Nope. Just take it back down to its uh, bare natural state and uh, take it to one of those three locations. We'll talk about those here in just a minute. Uh, it started on December 26th, and it goes until January 15th. And um, you basically just drive up, dump your tree off. They will then put it in the location where they're going to create this um, brush habitat. Now, this brush habitat, I had to like really read this to figure out what it was. And basically, brush piles are a very important habitat element for many different kinds of wildlife. They uh, provide cover from predators, places uh, for, you know, Mike to build a nest, um, escape routes and dens. Many insects are attracted to this pile of decomposing wood, uh, which provide a bounty of food for birds, amphibians, reptiles, and mammals. So... That's pretty cool. They want to collect 150 trees between these three locations. Right. As of, um, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, they had 99. Wow. So they're they're going to hit it. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's something else with that. I'll, I'll share it in a minute because it left my mind. <laughs> All right. So um, Eco Center is at 1757 County Road 59, Caledonia, Ohio. Paradise Nature Center is at 1536 Whetstone River Road North. And that's Caledonia, Ohio. And then Headwaters Outdoor Education Center is 151 Home Road, Mount Gilead, Ohio. And that is right behind the sheriff's station in Morrow County, just north of Mount Gilead. And did you remember? Uh, Yes, I did remember. Um, Headwaters, you need to call somebody and they will meet you there uh, to show you where to put the tree. They don't want you to just dump off. No, they... they, uh, and I presume that you can find that either on their Facebook page or on their website. Yeah, and I had posted this link to our Morrowology Facebook page. So uh, that information, I'm sure, has been updated since I pulled this off. If you have any questions, please email info at ecocenterohio.com. That's info at ecocenterohio.com. 
All right. Um, we're going to go down here to January 6th. It's coming right up, Mike. Yes, it is. And uh, let's see. What is that? Today's the 2nd. We're recording this so on the 2nd. is that Thursday yes. then? Thursday the, the 6th? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so have you ever um, thrown an axe? I mean, and not at somebody, like, at you know, like, have you ever gone axe throwing? No, but if you want to be my tar my target, I'll I'll try it. That's not even funny. That's dangerous. <laughs> um, so bad. If, if I'm aiming at you, I'm sure I'll miss. <laughs> well, you could hit the. Well, I used to be the size of a broadside of a barn. <laughs> anyway, um, bad axe arcade and throwing. Have you heard about it? I have heard about that. It's yes, where the old Morrow Depot. It's was. 44 South Main Street. Yeah, and uh, it actually used to be um, uh, martial arts. For that was Hafner's five and ten. Yeah, I don't. Where I worked that. back in high school. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not even going to make a joke there. All right, so they'll be opening on Thursday, January sixth. Um, if you're under eighteen, you'll need an adult for axe throwing. Throwing is eighteen dollars per hour or thirty dollars for two hours. Uh, we have six lanes and allow up to five people per lane. We also have pool tables and darts for now, with a lot of other fun games and activities coming soon. Uh, to set your appointment today or rent out the venue for a party, message them at their Facebook page, or you can call them at 419-948-9368. So uh, I can tell you, a couple of years, uh, about two years ago? No, a year ago. Uh, anyway, um, my uh, wife and her sisters um, bought all of their husbands and, and me um, an opportunity to go axe throwing in uh mansfield and it was a great time we had a blast um it's pretty cool yeah and it's easy it's easier than what you think once you get get going but um january 11th for all of you wine drinkers out there bunkers mill will be reopening after a much deserved vacation on January 11th, and they'll resume their normal hours, which are Tuesday through Thursday, 3 to 9 p.m., Friday, 3 to 10 p.m., and Saturday, uh, noon to 10 p.m., and they're closed on Sundays and Mondays. And then uh, going into February here, Mike, February uh, 19th is Mom Prom. Have you heard of Mom Prom? No, I haven't. It's exactly what it sounds like. It is Mom Prom. Uh, shout out to Jamie Zeger. I know she goes um, frequently. Well, I mean annually prior to COVID. <laughs> okay. um, it's a good time. I believe it is a fundraiser, a cancer fundraiser. I believe, um, but they're you know uh, you actually get to you know get that dress and those shoes and go out and dance. It's a good time. It's at Hope Cabins again. That's February se- uh, se- February nineteenth from seven p.m. to ten p.m. And Hope Cabins up on uh, two eighty eight, I believe, almost up to Galleon, just off Route nineteen. Yep. Yep, just uh, if you're heading north on 19, turn right on 288, and it's literally, it's, uh, I don't know. It's well signed. You can see it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right there. Um, and then going back here to February 26th at 9 a.m. is the 42nd annual consignment sale. Ooh, the Carhartt, Carhartt Convention. Convention. That's right. Morrow County Fairgrounds, grab your Carhartt bibs and coats. Head out with your warm socks and boots. It's time for the consignment sale. Um, that'll be a good time. And um, then the last big thing that I want to mention is July 1st and 2nd, Mike. July, July. 1st. Yes, July okay. 1st and 2nd. So I'm already talking. We're halfway done with the year at this point. 
this is a little message from Steve Finley. It says, I'm proud to announce Freedom Fest Ohio that will take place at the Morrow County Fairgrounds in Mount Gilead on July 1st and 2nd of 2022. This will feature... Feature Christian music on 7-1 and country music on 7-2. The lineup for 7-1 is Crowder, which is the headliner, Austin French, Nate Williams Band. Um, And then on the second is going to be Justin Moore. He's the headliner. Uh, And then they also are going to have three other supporting artists um, that they have not announced as of yet. And there's... Yeah, I haven't been asked to sing yet. Uh, I know why. Um, supporting artists are coming, and uh, there's more to come as they are still working on getting this together. Now, I can tell you, tickets have already gone on sale for this. Uh, if you go to freedomfestohio.com, you can actually uh, find more details. And, Mike, I had pulled that up, and I accidentally closed it. But there are tickets already um, on sale here. And did you know that um, it is very cheap to buy into the um, the big package? So it's 180 days away, which doesn't seem like a lot, really. Um, but you can actually buy your tickets already. And they're still looking for sponsors for the event as well, and I believe some volunteers. Um, but if you – where is it? I'm looking here. Um, the tickets. I know that they just put tickets out. Something about the – the tickets are super cheap, like way cheaper than what I thought they would be for something like this. So, folks, uh, if you're interested, find out. Um, they actually are going to be putting the um, – they're going to be turning the fairgrounds around, Mike. They're going to be putting um, VIP parking and stuff back where the campers go. Oh, okay. Um, the infield, what we know where all the action really takes place, right. is going to be parking. Um, they're not using that space. It looks to me like they are um, right behind the junior fair building is where the stage is going to be. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then there will be a pit there. And then basically you're going to be able to sit going all the way up the hill. So you should have a pretty good seat all the way up the hill there. Hope it's not rainy that weekend. <laughs> oh, if it is, it's going to be a muddy, muddy mess. But uh, it'll be cool. There's, um, there, uh, If you look at their Facebook or their uh freedomfestohio.com page. There's a venue map that will show you all the cool things. They have um, a couple checkpoints. I believe everyone will be going through uh, metal detector, you know, for safety and all that good stuff. So that is uh, what's going on there. And I wanted to give a shout out because I saw this just as we uh, got started here. Um, Keith's Flowers, one of the oldest flower shops in the county, if not the oldest, um, is celebrating its 50th year with FTD. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they've been around a long time. They at one time also had a greenhouse over in Edison. Really? Yes. Where was that? Um, there's a car lot there now. I'm not sure exactly what the name of the car lot is, but that building was... Um, is it the little used car lot? Yes. With the, like the brick front? Yeah, I don't think Across it has... Across from Maori's? Well, kind of just yeah, down a little bit? Yeah, it's okay. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, many years ago, they had a fire there, and then that uh, um, they closed down the greenhouse. Well, sold it actually to my barber at the time, <laughs> and he cut hair there and and run the greenhouse. Now, who is the barber? Um, Are you- Carol Brewer. Okay, I wasn't sure <laughs> who you were going to tell us here. And then, uh, Mike, I wanted to uh, say congratulations because you got recognized for your volunteer work by uh, Chester Arbors, the Gleaners. Yes. 
And uh, I want to thank Evelyn Long here for her story in the Sentinel. Um, Joining members of Chester Arbor of the Gleaner Insurance Society during its December meeting were 40 members and 10 guests from Morrow County Historical Society. Held in the Edison Baptist Church Fellowship Hall, uh, the Arbor uh, recognized Michael Wilson. Oh, Michael. That's... (laughs) Mike Wilson, president of the Morrow County Historical Society as the Community Service Volunteer of the Year. A $500 check was given to the Historical Society in Wilson's honor. This donation is to help the society's program and displays. A family from each of the four county schools was adopted by the Arbor for Christmas with $1,000 total being spent on this project. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is really a cool uh, organization. Um, it, it stems from a... Um from the Gleaners insurance company and uh, they back these people up and um, I'm actually an honorary member for a year now. So I'll get to see more of what's going on, but uh, thank them for their uh, recognition. I, I appreciate it. And I really, really thank you for the $500 uh, donation to the Morrow County historical society. It, w- it will be put to good use. Well, I mean, you know, anytime you run a, a, a nonprofit or, you know, something like that, anytime you're running uh, to better the community, it costs money. Well, sure it does. Um, whether you know whether you whether you're closed six months out of the year or you're open, you know, every day of the week of the year, I, it takes it takes money to do it, and it takes a lot of volunteers. So, thanks for your volunteer in making Mara County better. Hey, uh, I'm going to back up there to uh, Freedom Fest just a minute. Yeah, uh, the tickets cost any place from twenty dollars up to two hundred and fifty dollars, depending that on what $250, you get. Two hundred fifty dollars, I think, gets you a one-on-one dinner uh, VIP with um, some of the headliners too. I okay, I haven't gotten that part yet, but that sounds right. Yeah, so two hundred fifty dollars for a VIP package, like. Some of the concert tickets in Columbus cost that much. Oh, sure. So this is going to be awesome. Uh, definitely uh, pretty cool for Morrow County. Um, that is all that I had for events. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, as far as events, no. Um, so I do see you brought a calendar for me. Yes, yes. I'm going to sell this calendar to you while we uh, when we're finished here. Yeah, so <laughs> normally the calendars are $10 a piece. And this is for the Morrow County Historical Society. Right, and uh, this one you are charging me uh, $20 for. I'm not well, sure why. Only you. Only me, okay. Only you. All right. <laughs> so tell us about the calendar. Where's um, it at? We, uh, the Morrow County Historical Society has put these out for, I'm not sure exactly how many, but I know for over 25 years. Um this year, we have some uh, interesting stories from um, people and places all over the county. And, um, oh, let me see. I went through all these once upon a time on our program. But I was going to, let me see, I think it's July. July, there we go. I oh. think you know that the Capitol Theater was 100 years old last year. Yeah. And they are featured in a picture um, on July of 2022 calendar hang on let me see this yeah sure they're actually the centerfold (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so you have to be 18 to no i'm just kidding um so it's really cool there are some pictures of the current theater and in its early days and so on um uh, 100 years uh they, they had vaudeville on that stage they had the early um silent uh movies movies there Picture um, shows, I think. Picture is what you're shows, about. yeah. 
there was controversy about whether they should be showing movies on Sunday. That was a big controversy once upon a time in Mount Gilead. Oh uh, yeah, we actually talked about that. I, I think, think we did once. They were uh, it was they were outlawed. They were, uh, but then they uh, they come to an agreement, but I can't remember what the agreement was. And the Tokay Club, now well, I think we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. that was uh, upstairs of what's now Joe's Hardware, and that was a um, a club, a men's club, where the men could just hang out and, you know, probably smoke their big old cigars and and uh, tell their stories and so on. And hang out with uh, Senator or President Harding. Yeah, President Harding had, had been there at least once. Um, but anyhow, this year's calendar is is uh, ten dollars, and uh, we've com- we completely ran out of the first printing, so we've uh, done a second printing, and some calendars are still available at the Edison Quick Stop, Sames and Cook, or at Hoffman's Office Supply right now. Nice. Well, I got to tell you, some of the pictures you showed earlier and that we talked about last year uh, were really cool. Um, so, folks, get out there and. Uh, Get those at Edison Quick Stop, Sames and Cook, and Hoffman's Office Supply. Um, and Mike, we, uh, you know, um, the site of the former Whiston's Pharmacy just opened up as a new business. I saw that. Now, what is the business? It's I'm called not- Clarity Corporation LLC. Now, what they do is, I believe they um, can co- they come in, and I'm I'm winging it here just from what Angela for storage, said. isn't it? They they. They can help you on organize storage. stuff, or if, um, say, you have an estate and you want somebody to go through it and clean it up or, you know, to sell stuff for you, they can do that as well. Yeah. Um, so welcome uh, to the Clarity Corporation. Um, and that was just last week. Um, and uh, a shout out to the Mara County Chamber. Uh, live, I'm sorry, Love Life, Live Rule is the... Uh, the, the line there from the Visitors Bureau, which is also the Chamber of Commerce. So, all right, Mike, what else you got? Anything? Anything uh, um, bring up? That is all that I had today, quite honestly. All right. Um, let's see. I So I had a question, Mike, and I wasn't exactly sure where this came from. And, and uh, I'm just going to play it and see if you can name this tune. Okay. Oh, of course I can name that tune. And it is Old Lang Syne. Old Ang- Old Lang Syne. Now, I wasn't sure. I, I kind of was curious. Why do we sing that every every year at New Year's Eve? You know, right after the the clock, you know, hits twelve oh one. I am not sure, but I'm sure you can tell us that, Joe. Well, I'm going to. And before I do, I also wanted to uh, point out that this it comes from uh, creative. I'm sorry, creativecommons.org. It's a public domains website, and this um, this is a uh, version of the music that is being played by the United States um, Marine Band. Okay. Um, so that is, uh, I thought it was pretty cool and, and thought we should play it. Now, according to the USA Today, Auld Lang Syne stands for Old Long Sense. But you can interpret today as old times, especially times fondly remembered. Um, And so I can honestly tell you, I did not know any of the words, didn't know much about it. However, it is a Scottish poem. And uh, I was not around when this was being played on the TV, but uh, you, I'm sure, know 
Um, the rise of it here in North America is likely thanks to Guy Lombardo, whose orchestra played it on his radio and TV show each New Year's Eve from 1929 to 1977. And it seems like we had to have that on every New Year's Eve. Well, I mean, it's a tradition, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, you know, and they're talking about, you know, remembering those old and long friendships. And um, so it's, should all old, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old Lang's, old Lang's sign? Okay. Um, and then there's, uh, for old, for old Lang's sign, my dear, for old Lang's sign, will take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang's sign. So that's just uh, one of the verses that I could find there, and that's according to usatoday.com um, from their post on December 29th. So um, I thought that was uh, pretty cool and wanted to share that. So um, I think, Mike, does that take us to your flashback? Excuse me. Yes, I think it does. Okay, Joey. Here's a little quiz for you. All right, I'm ready. Do you know where Warren Harding attended college? Um, and what was the name of that college? <laughs> I'm going to guess because this is a Morrow County podcast. It was in Morrow County. Well, you want to narrow that down a little bit? I'm going to say the only place I know of in Morrow County um, that had a, a college, and the only one I know of is the Bible College. And that was in Iberia. That was in Iberia. And it was known as the um, Ohio Central College. But I'm going to read this from the uh, history book that was put out in 1989 of Morrow County History. When the Ohio Central College became defunct, now that's a word you don't use every day, the buildings were purchased by the state and an experimental institution. The Working Home for the Blind was founded. The buildings were located on a five-acre landscaped tract, a sort of uh, village green, with the homes on the uh, perimeter facing the former campus. A two-story building, 40 feet wide by 90 feet long, was built for use as a workshop in 1886, and the institution was formally opened June 20, 1887. G.C. Trestle of Cleveland was the home's first superintendent, and his wife and daughters were his assistants. The inmates were adult blind persons. Now, inmate, I, we usually use that in referring to people in jail yeah, or prison. The, yeah. but, but here it says the inmates were adult blind persons, and all were graduates of the State Institution for the Blind at Columbus. Some were married couples by reason of the fact that they had passed beyond uh, parental responsibility and control. They became legal citizens of Washington Township, and are known to have exercised their right to vote. The institution was considered experimental because the inmates were to be taught to make brooms for sale in the hopes that they could become self-supporting. The theory that this could be done was not proved here because the establishment was destroyed by fire a little over seven years after its inception. About noon on October 20, 1894, a fire was discovered in the engine room by Joseph Pfeiffer, one of the inmates. His hands and face were severely burned before he could get out of the room to spread the alarm. There was no hope of controlling the Holocaust because there was no firefighting apparatus of any kind for miles around. 
A scarcity of water and a high wind added to the hopelessness of the situation. The loss to the state was estimated at $75,000 and included 100 dozen brooms, $500 worth of broom corn, 60 tons of coal, and the buildings which were said to have contained about 25 miles of piping for the heating system. All of the 31 inmates were taken into homes in the area temporarily with food being uh, provided by the state. Some of the men and women stayed in the village permanently, although there was never any consideration given to rebuilding the institution. At the time of the fire, it was reported that all the main structure and all the outbuildings were totally destroyed, but it was later found that one section was worth remodeling. The property was transferred by the state to the control of the local school board, and for a time, there were negotiations with Ohio Wesleyan University for the establishment of an academy on the site. Although all the plans were made, the option was never taken. In 1897, the Board of Education unanimously decided to grant Reverend VW or VM Pocock the free use of the home building and grounds for a term of three or five years, provided he starts a school and continues it successfully. Um to make all needs repairs for school use and keep up repairs caused by natural use and wear from the clerk's minutes of 1890 to 1903. The Reverend Pocock left the community in 1903 and the property reverted to the control of the Board of Education. The building was then made into apartments, which were rented until 1915. At this time, the need for more classroom space became acute since the sub-districts were all abandoning their one-room schools and transferring their students to Iberia. The decision was made then to renovate the building for use as an eight-grade school, and it was used for this purpose until December 1932. It was raised the following year. So I bet most people didn't know that we had a school for the blind at one time in Iberia, Ohio. So so Harding went there? (laughs) No, he... Okay. It, it had been Ohio Central College. Okay, Ohio that's when he went. Central College became defunct. And that's when it became the school word, of the blind. And the school for the blind went in there, yes. Okay, all right, sorry. I was like, how did, okay, sorry. And you even said that, and it didn't dawn on me. So that, That's okay. I apologize for that. So um, you're not the only one that has some history. Yes, I I have something. I have a couple things today. Oh wow! Well, let's let's so, hear it. Um, now we have recently we've heard lots of conversation about censoring, whether it be the president, you know, uh, the former president, blah blah blah. So this date, so January second of eighteen eleven, the first censoring of a U.S. senator happens. Senator Timothy Pickering, a Federalist from Massachusetts becomes the first senator to be censured when the Senate approves a censure motion against him by a vote of 20 to 7. Pickering was accused of violating congressional law by publicly revealing secret documents communicated by the president of the Senate. Uh, the Senate. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, Pickering served as, a gener- as General George Washington's adjunct general and in 1791 was appointed postmaster general by President Washington. In 1795, he briefly served as Washington's Secretary of War before being appointed Secretary of State in 1795. So basically, this guy had a long history, um, served under Washington as well as John Adams, 
Um, and apparently he had been, um, he was accused of being, uh, of plotting with Alexander Hamilton to steer the, the uh, United States into um, war with, uh, into, I'm sorry, war uh, with France. Um, now, let's see, moving on, uh, 1923 on this date, Secretary Fall, okay, the Secretary didn't fall, it was Secretary Fall, <laughs> Okay, um, Albert Fall, resigns in the Teapot Dome scandal. And I know we've kind of, I think we've talked about this a little bit, uh, maybe not on this podcast, but uh, Sec- uh, Secretary Albert Fall, the Secretary of the United States Department of Interior, resigns in response to public outrage over the Teapot Dome scandal. Fall's resignation illuminated a deeply corrupt relationship between Western developers and the federal government. Um, what we know is that, uh, unfortunately, an Ohio boy was president. And uh, his pretty much his entire presidency was caught up in scandal after scandal after scandal, right. uh, whether they be his own scandals or scandals of those who uh, uh, monetized their um, positions of power, um, from his love child to um, making uh, large sums of money uh, from the railroads and, and such. There's lots of... Uh, Lots of uh, things, especially around, um, you know, uh, oil supply and things like that. So that was uh, 1923. And then in 1788, Georgia, Georgia enters the <laughs> Union. I thought you were going to sing with me. All right. Uh, Georgia, Georgia votes to ratify the U.S. Constitution, becoming the fourth state in the modern United States, named after King George II. Georgia was the first settled was first settled by Europeans in 1733, when a group of British debtors, led by English philanthropist James E. Oglethorpe, traveled up the Savannah River and established Georgia's first permanent settlement, the town of Savannah. I love Savannah. It's a beautiful city. And that's one of my favorite Girl Scout cookies, too. Oh, yeah? yeah Savannah's. Well, yeah. you know, and the Girl Scout cookies are, I mean, they started down and around in there. Well, they did. Yeah. Like, there's a whole, I think there's a whole Girl Scout uh, tribute down there in Savannah. I'm pretty sure about that. Don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, you know, they have a whole bunch of Spanish moss that hangs from the trees. It is neither Spanish nor is it moss. Okay. It's not. It, yeah, I don't know why we call it Spanish moss, but... Um, and the term dead ringer. Do you know what dead ringer is? That's somebody that looks just like somebody else? Oh, kind of. So um, they um, were, they would sometimes bury people. Oh, okay. And okay. they weren't really dead. Yeah. And they would put a string with a bell so that the person in the casket could ring the bell and they could unbury them. that be them. scary? Yeah. It would be very weird. But, you know, when they exhumed bodies, sometimes they would find scratch marks mm-hmm. on the coffin lid or whatever. Um and so that was one of those terms. If you ever get a chance to go down to Savannah, take the bus tour and ride around. They give some awesome, awesome um, history as you go through. And you can actually see the bench that Forrest Gump sat on during Forrest Gump. Yeah. When he said, life's like a box of chocolates. Yeah, Jenny. All right. So um, in January of 2006, the 13 coal miners were trapped in the um, Sago mine disaster. When 12 died, and that was in West Virginia. So, what was that again? That was in uh, 2006. Okay. 
So those were just some of the cool things that I found I thought I would share a little bit about. And all of those were found on history.com. So, all right, Mike, anything else for the, uh, for the flashback? I think that we are flashed backed enough. All right, Mike. So I made a mistake. Uh oh. It happens. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't tell her I said that. She'll probably listen to this podcast anyway. Um, I forgot to mention some things that are coming up with the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, yes. So when you guys listen to this, it'll be Monday, January 3rd. Now, in the early morning, 7.30 to 8.30, Reardon McLean will be in town. He will be at the Morrow County Chamber Chat from 7.30 to 8.30 at Samson Cook at 33 South Main Street in Mount Gilead. Uh, Angela uh, will be there with Reardon, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to talk to him for an hour. Drink some coffee and uh, enjoy some company. And uh, the last one went very well, from what I heard, and hopefully this one will be well attended as well. Okay, I, I do have a question. Yeah. Who is Reardon McLean? He is our state representative. Ooh. He's he's down in Columbus. Not, I should know that. Not Washington <laughs> State. Okay. Or not Washington, D.C. state. Right. You know. yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so he is a, a state representative. Um, and then um, on Tuesday, January the 11th, if you are a chamber member, you can uh, hit up the business Connection Breakfast from 7 to 8.30 at Heartland Conference Retreat Center. That's at 3201 County Road 225 in Marengo. Along with breakfast and an opportunity to mingle and make connections, there will be a special speaker. And that's going to be my brother-in-law, the local inspirational author, Andy Cochran. All right. He wrote the book we talked about a while ago. Um, So he will be talking there. And then Thursday, January 27th at 5.30, uh, business after hours will happen at the Village Gathering Place at 30 South Main Street, Mount Gilead. You can join fellow chamber members and network in this special afternoon event that includes food, fun, and fellowship. Uh, if you have any questions, please visit morrowchamber.com or call 419-946-2821. So, had to make sure I got that out. I didn't want to get in trouble for not uh, sharing that. So No, you have a connection with the head of the Chamber of Commerce. So I do. Probably best if you get that on there, yes. Most definitely, most definitely. So um, what else do we got, Mike? Do you have anything else for, uh, for today? Not really. I mean, sad news of Betty White passed away. Oh, okay, so uh, there's a joke that we, my wife and I have, and I always said Betty White was my celebrity cheat. Okay. I absolutely adored Betty White. She was a phenomenal actress, and her comedic timing was just was just awesome. Um, I saw a couple clips off of Hot in Cleveland, which is one of the last shows she was on. Um, just, man, she was hilarious. I was watching the blooper reel. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. She had those ladies. <clears throat> oh, man. It was just great. So, um, Mike... Um, yeah, Betty White passed away. John Madden passed away. That comes in threes. I've not heard of any other um, large folks. But uh, on uh, January 17th, uh, if you, um, I think they're still doing it, uh, you can go to the movie theater. It's a Fathom event. You go to, um, I think, Cinemark in Ontario. Um, you buy a ticket and you go in and they're having, they were planning a hundredth um, year celebration of Betty White. Oh, really? Yeah, for her birthday. Um I had seen that, and then literally, a, like, two days later, uh, news that she had passed away. 
Um, Mike wanted to share some depressing news here that um, just since uh, Saturday, today's numbers uh, for COVID as of Sunday, January 2nd, um, more than 37,000 cases just in the past two days. In the state of Ohio? In the state of Ohio. Um, Now, one thing that uh, we do know is that uh, the Omicron variant is way more... um, easily spreadable mm-hmm. than any other variant. Um, but the good news is it doesn't seem from what I've been able to read that it, it lacks the necessary proteins to attack your lung tissue. Well, that's good. Uh, which is why most people are getting like tired, having a sore throat and things like that, which it's kind of funny. Um, sniffling, sneezing, um, oh, headache. Uh, oh, what is it? The NyQuil commercial. Uh, all those symptoms they list are the same things for Omicron. Uh, so I saw a lot of people posting that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's lots of uh, things going on. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, recent um, folks who have uh, left us here on Earth and uh, taken their place in the sky. And uh, shout out to uh, all the families who have lost someone over the holidays. Uh, our family as well lost someone right before Christmas. Um, so, uh be thankful for every moment that you have and uh, cherish every moment that you have because you don't know when it'll be your last and uh, live life to the fullest. And how about that Rose Bowl game? Did you watch any of it? Uh, no, I didn't. The Buckeyes were down. Yeah. They were down at halftime. I want to say that I can't remember. I think it was like 12. They were down almost the whole game, came back and won it like 48-45. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I hadn't heard. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, you talk about a nail-biter. People had, like, nubs left of hands. That's how <laughs> the the game was. And, I mean, I think it was impressive because they were they had, um, they were playing without lots of starters right. that they had played with because they had either said, hey, we're going into the draft or um, COVID or, you know, whatever. So, shout out to them. Um, and I just want to say Ohio State won. Michigan did not. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cincinnati did not either. But that leads uh, Georgia and um, Alabama to another rematch coming up. So, um, anyway. All right, Mike, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything you want to share? I think that just about wraps it up. Yeah, all right, we're going to wrap it up. All right, folks. Um, until next time, have a great great week and uh we will see you all next week or we'll hear you'll hear us all i guess you'll hear us right right i, I hope so anyway sorry um you'll hear us all next week as uh we come back and uh we're gonna try and put a couple of specials together i think we're gonna try and put uh some cool things together so if anyone's interested shoot us a topic that you'd like uh kevin i know you listen so send us a topic kevin evans or kevin help Either one of you. I mean, I know you both listen. Uh, send us something you want us to uh, to do, and uh, we'll try to get on it. So until next time, folks, take care. Adios. Adios.